This episode is brought to you by my wonderful patrons. Thank you so much to my patrons. They make this podcast possible and also very fun to do because we are able to interact on a private discord where we can talk, discuss topics, and just in general help each other collect the things that we want. So thank you so much to everyone who participates there. I couldn't appreciate you more. This episode is also brought to you by myself. If you haven't already heard, I've been working on a passion project called Cardfolio. It's going to be an app that'll let you scan your cards onto your phone and add them to your virtual binder. Your virtual binder allows you to keep track of not only what you own, but you'll also be able to keep track of what you need. Are you chasing a shadowless master set? If so, Cardfolio will be able to help you keep track of your progress towards your goal so that it makes it easier to achieve it. Cardfolio doesn't just catalog your collection and manage your collecting goals, it will also allow you to see your collection like an actual investment portfolio. This means you'll be able to see how much your collection is worth, how that value has changed over time, and how your collection value breaks down by item type. For example, how much do you have in raw cards versus slab cards versus sealed items? If all of this sounds like an app you would like to download, then join my early access waiting list. I'll keep you updated with app progress, mockups, and when it's available, early beta access. So it'll be fun and it'll be great. The link for the early access waiting list will be in the description below. So go ahead and sign up if that's something that you're interested in. Hello, my friends, and welcome to season three of the Geeked Out Collecting Podcast, where we apply financial and investing principles to our favorite hobby collectibles like Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, comic books, Fortnite cards, you name it, we talk about it all. Thank you so much for being here. I am your host, Jess. So let's get started with collecting things that we love like damn adults. Here's today's episode. Howdy, howdy, everyone. Welcome. I appreciate everyone being here today. I know we are doing a late stream. I'm a little tired, but I wanted to get this out. So anyways, hello, welcome. Today is November 10th. It is 11 p.m. Central Time. And I wanted to put out another episode where we go through some things. I am so excited. Oof. I am so excited for this one because I've got a lot of really cool news. But before we get into the hobby news, I just wanted to go over a few quick announcements, a few housekeeping items. So first off, if you haven't heard already, I'm doing a giveaway on Instagram right now. The giveaway item is a Pokemon Center Celebrations ETB. Let's go. It's awesome. I've opened up two already. I really love the product. You get a ton of celebration packs and then a ton of random battle styles, chilling rains, all those other random packs. I've been getting some good hits. I really like it. I've picked up shit. I've picked up so much. I've picked up Blastoise. I've picked up shit ton of Pikachus, a shit ton of Mews, not the gold Mew yet. So what I'm doing is I'm giving this away. If you haven't entered already, I'm going to make this really simple for you. Your chance to win 
the Pokemon Center ETB. All you have to do is like this video and then comment down what your Celebrations Chase card is. So do those two things and then you're good. And then also if you subscribe, that would be really great too. If you've already entered in the giveaway on Instagram, totally cool. Just go ahead and like this video, you know, comment your Celebrations Chase card and we'll treat it as a second entry. So it should be good. I'll be announcing a winter winter. I winter November 15th. So be on the lookout for that. I will put up a YouTube video and also a post on Instagram. So you will know. Good luck. Let's go. Let's get it in. We're celebrating. So the other thing I wanted to bring up is a hiatus I'll be doing in December for the podcast. Yes, that means at the end of this month, November, I will be ending season three and then starting back up with season four coming in January. So expect that. I won't be doing any weekly episodes in December, but I may put out a video or two here or there. I'm not quite sure what I will do during that time. I want to do something because I don't want to get lazy, but I also need a break because burnout is real. So that's what I'll be doing. I will be taking a break in December, but I will be coming back in January. So expect to see me there. And also, like just as a heads up, of course, I'll be on Instagram and all that stuff. So if you want to come by and say hi, like you normally do, you can definitely hit me up. So I won't be disappeared. I won't be ghosted. Ghosting y'all. So anyways, there's that. On to the news, the hobby news. I found so many weird and interesting stuff today. I'm really excited to go over with you. You know, for the first headline, I thought it was really interesting. This is some eBay news. So it looks like an eBay exec has jumped ship to a new startup. It is called Alt. And here pretty much are the details. So the executive, um, Nicolombo, who was heading their trading card business, left eBay to become the president of this startup called Alt. And um, I've been doing some research on Alt. It's very interesting. I need to do some more research to understand it a little bit better. But long story short, Alt is supposed to be an exchange platform for everything alternative investment classes. And the first investment class that they are focused in are trading cards. So what they do is they do plan to open up into other categories, but they're focusing on trading cards. Colombo did a interview and said that the goal of this startup called Alt is to create transparency and liquidity of alternative assets. That could mean trading cards, luxury watches, NFTs, all that stuff. Uh, But the goal is to go beyond that, is what she says. So how they plan on creating transparency and liquidity is semi-clear to me. And I say semi-clear only because when we talk about alternative classes, they're very illiquid to begin with. So... If you're wanting to create liquidity in this, you pretty much just want to help people sell better. Like those are just the thoughts in my head. So it's very much e-liquid as it is. And so I don't know how much you can actually do to drive liquidity. I don't know. Anyways, it'll be really interesting to see what comes of it. The other thing when it comes to, you know, the transparency piece of it is, you know, what do you mean by transparency? What is in the dark? And what are you planning to bring to the light? Are you talking about sales data? 
and the like? Are you talking about having solutions or putting forth solutions that help, for example, to decrease or completely eliminate show bidding? Like, what are these things? I have a ton of questions you know, how they plan on solving some of those problems. Because when, from what I've seen right now, you know, absolutely, they're a platform, they're a selling platform. So you can like PWCC sell from the vault. So you can actually list cards, like just a normal buy offer, like eBay or like PWCC's vault. Uh, but then you can also do auctions. So, you know, naturally, they're going to compete with eBay and with all of the auction houses it seems like they're marketing right now focused on the premium side of the market. So the very high-end cards. I was looking at the cards that just got sold in the most recent auction. I think the new one starts, I think, literally in 20 hours. So sometime tomorrow. But anyways, the cards were very, very high-end. We're talking like, God. And it looks like we were majority sports cards um, there were a few auctions that were in the $23,000 range. There was a few in the $13,000 range. Uh, there was a PSA 8 first edition Charizard that sold for $9,200. So, you know, I just have a lot of questions, you know, when it comes to transparency. Hey, if I'm looking at this, does this mean that all of these auctions were paid for? Uh, what does it mean? Are you serving clean data? Is that is that what this means? I thought it was kind of cool that in the exchange... So they have cards listed right now, majority sports cards, but they do have some Pokemon. But they do have some cards listed right now that you can just buy or send the seller an offer. Um, but what you could also do, which I found to be really interesting, is because they are trying to be an exchange... So you can actually look at market trends and they have what they call alt indices. So it's really just indexes of specific card categories. So baseball, basketball, football, soccer, hockey, Pokemon. Those are the big six that they have right now. So that's kind of cool. I'd like to see more in that end of it because there's not much data that I see. It looks like they have a seven-day market cap and then a 90-day market cap. But the graphs aren't visualized very well, in my opinion. They're not that hard to read. I'd want to see more data from that perspective. That'd be really interesting to see. But the other thing too that's not clear, are we just talking about this exchange platform? Are we talking about other sales data? It looks like Alt indices are created by aggregating the appreciation of all cards of a specific category or player from transactions across multiple venues. So what venues? Are we talking TCG player? Are we talking eBay? Are we talking both? Are we talking this platform as well? I'm assuming, of course, they would probably uh, post their platform data. But, you know, from what I can see, just looking at the about page, you know, sellers, there probably are some advantages here. Um, they talk about sellers having immediate payouts and transfer of ownership happens within seconds. My guess is that would depend on if a seller sent their card to be vaulted. So one of the services that Alt does is it allows uh, storage and insurance. You, you can store and insure your cards in their vault. And if it's a high-end, what they consider investable card, so 
For example, a slab card like a PSA BGS SGC card um, graded at an amount at a, a grade higher than an eight, but that is also valued over $100. It's considered a an investable item. And uh, you can actually have those items vaulted for free. And what's really interesting, if they're not, if they don't fit that criteria, it looks like it costs $5 a card to send it in to, to be in the vault. But what's really interesting about the vault is that when the cards get there, they are professionally photographed and they're valued and they're also added to your portfolio. So for a service that's that's provided to you for free is taking all your items and being able to manage it like a portfolio. So uh, classes, I mean, your asset classes, being able to see those things, which makes sense if they're trying to be an exchange platform truly. You know, they have that data there. When I think of stock exchanges, and if you have assets, if you own assets, you are able to see those portfolios. So it makes sense. So we'll see how that data comes out and and what specific things are provided inside of the portfolio management system. I'd be really interested to see that only because I've been working to build something like that. But the thing that I'm not doing is I'm not trying to build an exchange platform. That's something a little bit different. But the offerings make sense completely. So I think it's a really good move for them. Um, I haven't signed up or anything like that. But I'd be curious to see you know, what that is. Because honestly, something that I've been considering myself is something that's been in my mind is, okay, so the items that are most valuable to me, <laughs> am I storing them, keeping them safe, insuring them properly? I mean, you know, I've considered, you know, maybe putting some of those slabs into a safety deposit box, but maybe sending them over to be stored in a vault might be a good thing as well. So um, that's really interesting to me. So something that I might explore myself a little bit more. And and I hope maybe we can get a few more conversations around this. Uh, so really interesting stuff. You know, a few other facts that I found to be really interesting. So they say that as a seller, when you list an item for auction, you will receive guaranteed liquidity with instant payouts and low seller fees. So it looks like this seller fees is uh, 1.5%. And for the buyer as well, buyers actually pay zero when it comes to transaction fees. So that's really interesting too. Very, very interesting considering the fees that buyers and sellers pay right now on other auction websites like Heritage and PWCC. So very interesting. Let me see what else. So what I thought was really interesting is when cards are valued, they give the cards what they call an alt value. And they actually talk about how they get to this number. So it's calculated by using data and what they say, systematic market knowledge. So if there is sufficient data to truly say that, hey, this is the average price for this card, which will it'll sit at around the average of the most recent transactions. Um, they'll just say, hey, okay, this is good. But if there isn't enough data, so cards that don't sell as often or as often within a certain time frame. So for example, let's say the last 90 days, what they say is they use, they leverage comparables to that item and use those comparables to price the card, which is something that probably makes sense right now too considering that some professionals in the hobby business kind of do this already. So these valuation models are updated daily. So that is good. That is very good. 
But I think what will lie in terms of this exchange, I think really where they shine or maybe what lies behind them is the meat and potatoes of their business is their data. They seem to be very data-driven just by reading their FAQ and their, just their website trying to get acquainted with it, it. It seems like their biggest offering is the data and how they treat the data. So it sounds like to me, they have a experienced data team, which is really cool to see. I definitely am supportive of anyone and anything that's looking to make data truly transparent within the hobby. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, I really like to see that. And I do also like to see how they recognize that when they are evaluating something, when there isn't enough data, because we see there, there's items all day that are selling for thousands, but technically there isn't necessarily enough sales data to support that price point. I mean, yeah, that's something, that's a price that someone is willing to spend because maybe the item is very rare and in gem mint or close to gem mint quality. So, you know, it's definitely not something to bash, quote unquote, per se. But, you know, at the same time, there isn't the volume of sales that like data-wise supports that particular sale in that sense. So, you know, it's not to say that that item isn't worth that value, but there just isn't enough sales data behind it. So, I mean, that's just the truth. So I do like that they're trying to accommodate for that. Of course, I don't know the nuts and bolts of how they're doing that. But, you know, I think it'd be really cool to start having conversations around that. So good ways to do it, bad ways to do it. Um, Those are all things that I think about and spend time thinking about. So anyways, very cool stuff. Um, I thought it was really interesting. You know, it seems like they have someone big, again, someone from eBay, you know, Nicole Colombo on this. So we'll see how this company grows. What's really nice is that, I mean, it's really a no-brainer that cards have been doing incredibly well. We've been seeing that. But, you know, just to kind of put numbers behind what cards have been doing, uh, eBay moved $2 billion worth of cards in the first two quarters of this year alone, which equaled the total amount that they moved for all of 2020. So, you know, the move makes sense. The startup makes sense. We'll see where it goes from there. And, and you know, no surprise that they were founded last year and have already raised $31 million. So we'll see how that goes. So anyways, yeah, very interesting stuff. Moving on to specific Pokemon news. So you've probably already heard this, but we have a new set that was announced by the Pokemon Trading Card Company coming out February 25th next year called Brilliant Stars. We've already seen some cards come out of this set, but we have heard that there will be likely over 170 cards we expect to see four V-Star cards and we expect to see three VMAX cards. You know, the V-Star cards having the V-Star mechanic on them, which is really interesting. Um, it gives players the ability to use that power only once per game. So, you know, it's not just a, a hit hard mechanic. There are also powers that allow players to search their decks, which is obviously an advantage to have. So very powerful move to make on the card. So we'll see how the players respond and react to the mechanic and see what kind of decks, how that changes decks and see how much that changes play. So of course, we've already seen the Charizard and Arceus. I always say the name wrong, Arceus cards that are coming out, but we should also expect to see Glaceon and Leafeon as a few other 
the star cards. And we should also, I mean, no different than any other set, we should see standard booster packs, ETBs, intense. So be on the lookout for that come February. We shall see how all of that goes. I'm really excited for it. Curious to see how this set turns out. So I think I'll definitely try to get some ETBs for sure myself. In other hobby gaming news, this is a little random, but this is something that I wanted to bring up because I do know that in my audience, I have a few Harry Potter fans, including myself. So in other random news, it looks like Niantic, the developers behind Pokemon Go, will be shutting down their servers for the Harry Potter Wizards Unite game. To be honest, I can't say that I'm surprised. I didn't know anyone who played it. I didn't really hear anyone talking about it. Of course, that doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't a good game and that it wasn't popular. I tried to play the game a little bit. And for as much as I like Harry Potter, I couldn't get into it. I'm not really sure why, because I do play Pokemon Go uh, when I go out for walks and I get bored. So to anyone who's played it and enjoyed it, I'm sorry. It looks like they're going to be gone. It looks like the app itself will be removed from digital stores come December 6th. And all in-game purchases will end on that day as well. So that really sucks for everyone who enjoyed it. You know, I wonder if maybe for whatever reason this game, maybe younger younger people were playing this game. I'm not too sure. I mean, I know a ton of people that played Pokemon Go. And I know a ton of people that love Harry Potter. But I never heard anyone playing this game and enjoying it. So, you know, maybe it just skewed younger. But anyways, it looks like they won't be in around anymore. So sad, sad day for everyone who liked it. But yeah, just figured I'd bring that up. In other sort of auction news, uh, this is probably not news to everyone because this is something that I did talk about on Sunday with James and Connor and uh, Pope Gal. But it looks like Steve Aoki is selling some cards. Um, I've been seeing some headlines <laughs> And it looks like uh, some people have been throwing around some numbers that he sells something like $3 million. I don't know that number to be true. I have not done any of the math on that. And he sold a bunch of mystery boxes. So I'm not sure how many mystery boxes there were. And I don't know how much he was selling them for. So I, I'm never going to probably find out that number but or confirm that $3 million number. But I was looking at some of... Uh, the vault cards that he's selling. So, so first off, let me tell you, the mysterious, the mystery packs, they're gone. They're kaput. Um, if you're curious to know what was in them, it looks like there were some random slabs along with some Steve Aoki memorabilia. So anyone who's a big Steve Aoki fan, that was probably a fun mystery pack to get. I don't know if anyone's gotten them yet and have opened them. So, but you know, aside from the mystery packs, it looks like he was selling a bunch of just a lot of Gen 1 slabs. There was a ton of base that I saw, definitely several Team Rockets and some uh, jungle cards with, you know, some some sprinkles of some Neo Destiny, Gym Challenge, Gym Heroes, Neo Revelation, Sky Ridge, all that stuff. So it looks like he was selling a little bit. Uh, nothing too expensive. It seemed like the slabs were over $100 each. I didn't really look at it too much in depth, but you know, a lot of eights, a lot of nines, a few tens scattered in there. So always curious to, you know, always I always wonder, you know, what makes people sell when, when they sell in big blocks like that, right? You know, I'll go ahead and put a link to his vault in the show notes, but it always makes me curious. Part of me wonders, is he just at this point locking in his paper gains? 
right? Because that's not a bad move. If he's got paper gains, might as well just lock them in. You know, especially if they're cards that you don't necessarily care for. Is he buying, is he moving these cards to get something bigger? You know, I don't know. If everything totaled out to be around 3 million, who knows what he's trying to buy right now. But it also makes me wonder too, you know, does he feel that these particular cards have kind of hit a ceiling? So he wants to liquidate. So, you know, like I was saying before, he can realize his paper gains. So I don't know. I'm very curious. I don't know if he's gone and done any interviews and kind of commented on it, but uh, curious stuff to look at. Like I said, I will put a link in the show notes if you want to take a look at the cards. Okay. As far as other auction news, this one's sort of really random, but I wanted to bring this up anyway. I was reading an article that there is an iPhone on eBay being bid on right now selling for like $90,000, $90,000 on eBay, an auction, an iPhone. And you're like, okay, so what kind of iPhone would be selling for $90,000 on eBay, right? And no, it's not like the first original, you know, sealed iPhone. It's an iPhone 10. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? Why is an iPhone 10 selling for $90,000? Surely they're shilling. Well, 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 well. Um there's actually an interesting story about it. It is pretty special because it is it's actually a one of a kind iPhone. It is an iPhone X that someone re-engineered to utilize a USB-C port. And right now it's the one of its kind. I kind of think about it as it feels a little bit jerry-rigged, but obviously it took a lot more than just jerry-rigging to make it happen. Um, The engineer himself actually put on eBay a video on how he did what he did. And it works. (laughs) It fully functions. It can charge. It also supports data transfer. Very cool stuff. And the reason why it's so special, not only because it's the one of its kind, but it could possibly be the only one ever of its kind. Since there's been talk right now of Apple moving in the direction of the MagSafe functionality. So not having a charge port at all, but just simply using MagSafe to charge phones. So I don't know that the USB-C port will ever come to Apple. But if you want to, if you want it to come to Apple, come to your Apple. Just watch those videos and you can learn how to do that yourself. So I'll put the auction itself in the YouTube video in the show notes too, because I just thought it was wild. Super interesting. A few days ago, when I first saw this story, it was over $100,000 in the auction, but that number has come down. I don't know if someone's retracted auction uh, bids or if eBay saw some show bidding. I have no idea. Don't know what's going on. But anyways, it's still five figures. I'm not interested in it personally, but (laughs) really random. Just thought it was cool to know since it's eBay. So... Other than that, what I can go through now is a little bit of what I have been buying. And honestly, it's not too different. Not too different than what I've been buying previously. I know I've talked about it before. I've been buying some Fortnite hollow foils. I just bought a whole lot of 48 hollow foils, a USA print series one cards. I spent like six-ish dollars a pop for them and they are in pretty good condition. So I thought it was a pretty good deal. I'm going to hang on to them. Very cool stuff. But more interesting, I think, than hollow foils is I've been buying a little bit of crypto. 
Now, this is not like a pump and dub situation by any means. And I've bought crypto before, you know, mostly Ethereum because I really like the technology behind it. And like from a technical perspective, I see that being the beginnings and part of the foundation of Web 3.0. So very interesting stuff, right? But specifically, I've been learning a lot more about other cryptos like Solano. In general, I've been trying to learn more about blockchain and I have so, so freaking much to learn. So much to learn. I do eventually want to learn how to build my own blockchain and build on top of blockchains just because as a developer, I just want to learn the cutting edge of things. So, but very interesting stuff. I've been, like I said, buying, you know, $50 here, $70 here, $20 here in Solano. Um, I think it's really interesting just because Web 3.0 is coming and I want people to play a smart part in it. And what I like about Solano is how it has the potential to potentially rival Ethereum. So we'll see how all of that goes. There's a ton of very interesting blockchain projects, a lot of them centered on music that I find to be really interesting. I know a few people that are involved, some startups that are doing that right now, pretty much putting artist music on NFTs, putting music on the blockchain pretty much. Very interesting stuff. But yeah, I, I don't know. I say they don't buy Solano because Solana, sorry, because that's actually the truth of kind of what I've been buying a little bit here and there. But I don't want to talk on it too much because I still don't have enough info, I think, to really talk on it well. So maybe one day we'll talk a little bit more about it. But just from a technical technology standpoint, I find it to be really interesting. Like I said, Web 3.0 is going to be here and it's going to be really interesting. And I want people to take advantage of it per what fits their needs. So SGR, hey, what's up, dude? How is it going? I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have today on on things that have been going on. I think uh, next episode that comes out, I've been trying to figure out what my next episode will be when it comes to like the hobby highlight. And I think the next episode I want to talk about is Akora, which is a cool random anime-based TCG that has come out. And it's been a little obscure, <laughs> I would say. It came out on a Kickstarter last year. And I want to spend some time learning a little bit more. I just found out about the cards like a month ago and I thought they were pretty cool. So... I want to explore that a little bit more. And since I'll be learning some things, I can tell you what I've learned about Akora. So that is, I think, what's going to be my next hobby highlight. So anyways, I appreciate you guys coming on. I'm going to cut this short because it's almost midnight my time and I'm tired. But I appreciate everyone who made it. So anyways, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys being here. Let me know if y'all need anything. And peace out.